0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe. This episode of the Candlestick Kids is brought to you by Bet Online and Play Action Pools. All eyes are back on the gridiron, and his teams are back for another football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. With the new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. Bet online continues to be your number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use the mobile app and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code Believe BLEAV. Believe to receive your bonus. For football, basketball, boxing. Write to your favorite Vegas Casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. And exciting news our podcast is partnering with PlayActionPools.com this season to bring some interactive fun to the sports we love most. You'll be able to get in on the action with our PlayActionPools.com Football Pick'em Challenge, which is open to everyone. Here's how it works. Sign up on our contest, Believe Football Pick 'em, at playactionpools.com, and then get your picks in each week. We're going to select 10 highest profile games of the week between NFL and college football, and whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of DC shoes. Again, go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest, Believe, B L E A V, Believe Football Pick 'em. And if you plan on hosting your own football contest, go to playactionpools.com today. They've got Survivor, Pick'em, as well as cool sportsbook style concept called Build Your Bankroll. Playactionpools.com, your new home for all your office sports pools.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Kids to Kids Fantasy. Football podcast on the fantasy focused network and YouTube channel. I'm your host, Bobby Lamarco, and today I am joined by my newest favorite right-hand man, Buck
2: Buck. What's going on? Doing well. I'm actually on your left hand right now, so you're my favorite right-hand man. God, you're right. Touche. Yeah, this is why you're no, on but this that's sp- from that's <laughs> from our perspective. The viewers, I am the right-hand man. I'm just True. looking at you now. I'm feeling the love. Folks, definitely tune in on Sunday mornings. We're having a blast for three hours every Sunday morning. Join us at 10 a.m. for our live start-sit shows, and we're going to have a good time this Sunday. we got a great slate going in, got a good football game going on right now between the Bengals and the Jaguars. I can't wait to talk some start-sit with you tonight in terms of fade and play action versus the ECR, Bobby.
1: Yeah, so let's talk about that game right now. Listen, DJ Chark looks like he fractured his ankle. is going to be out indefinitely. That's the breaking news from the Thursday night football game. Do you have any quick thoughts about that? Value of Chenault, et cetera. Anybody else? You think it's a little boost because of that injury?
2: Here's the thing with that. I I, I like Chenault more in the slot. I definitely don't think they have the depth at the outside wide receiver position to overcome this. However, let's see what happens. I mean, I'm not looking like Laviska all of a sudden gains some certain type of leverage over other receivers that are having better years in more established offenses that don't run college concepts. I think that it's still the same for LaVisca Chenault. I think it does help out your guy, your guy, Marvin Jones, a little bit. I think that's a a big sign for him. Uh, I'm higher on Jones for futures than I am for Chenault. If you've watched Chenault run routes over the last few games, it's just, it's not pretty. And I don't know if it's the concept or if it's the player at this point, but I'm not all that high on LaVisca. I know I was week one. That's before we had that Urban Meyer tape.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's and he's getting these low a dot passes. It's making it very difficult. I understand, like in the uh Kyle Shanahan system, Debo flourishes in that kind of role, but it's really hard to have a low A dot and really perform for fantasy. I mean, he's probably better in PPR, but he has a very cap ceiling. Uh, and it looks like Trevor Lawrence is willing to challenge more downfield. So I think that Marvin Jones, you're right on that aspect. That I listen, I've been high on Marvin Jones already. I have zero shares of charks. So I mean, at this point, I think it's just gonna roll with that. Before we dive into our you know, TCK versus and Fantasy Focus versus Expert Consensus Rankings. I want to just make sure everyone's following us across the board. So, if you currently are a subscriber of the Fantasy Focus YouTube channel, make sure you're also following us at the Believe Podcast Network. We're also doing a lot of work on the audio side for as well. If you're listening to the podcast, make sure you're joining us here at the Fantasy Focus network youtube channel and make sure like buck just bought you're here with us every sunday live and also i want to make sure everyone knows that we are on instagram we're on youtube uh we're on youtube of course we're on you know uh what's the other uh the, the what? oh my god one Twitter's twitter no not the twitter's well the, the twitter we're on the twitch we're with our twitch. guy twitch. fragger Yes, we're yeah. on twitch we're on twitter oh my god it's something in my name uh tick tock there it is i mean too many t's and I've had a long week, me and Buck, so we're gonna just get right into business. But before
2: you're we the Buck, TikTok king, by the way, Bobby, I am I'm the doing TikTok it. king.
1: I listen, I've hit a new stride in my life where I'm done. So I sit there and try to make these little things, and, and then I get put it on Instagram and it gets five views. I'm done. No, you know what? I'm gonna get on, I'm gonna get on TikTok and I'm gonna go, Hey, me and Buck are talking about some players. You start and you sit. I'm gonna take that video and just post it. That's how my posts are gonna be from now on. So that's. Straight to the point, and if you join us, you're going to get a lot of good information. Before we jump in, let's answer this question. This is actually a decent one. Thinking about our boy over It's Fragger, thinking about sitting Hopkins this week. Buck, what's your thoughts about sitting DeAndre Hopkins against the Rams in this matchup?
2: Funny enough with that, you know my stance on fading receivers, but here's the deal. You can't fade an offense, and Ramsey has been moving around a bit, so I'm not like— I'm not terrified about starting Hopkins, although I will say with our fades uh, this week, I was contemplating fading on Hopkins. I think Hopkins is still a decent option. I did not opt to go with DeAndre Hopkins, but I understand the concern, right? I mean, week to week, it's like the target share is changing a little bit. You have DeAndre Hopkins, who's been steady, but lower than what I anticipated. And that's because of the emergence of a few of those key players there for Arizona. It's one of those things where you have DeAndre Hopkins. You decide to to pull him. You are at that point, you are lowering that floor for whatever player you're replacing him with. So I'd rather stay with a steady floor here and opt with Hopkins.
1: And just to add in there, Jalen Ramsey is actually the main slot cornerback for the Rams this season. He leads the team in slot uh, cornerback coverage snaps, and he did it last week too. I mean, he did not cover Mike Evans, so I'm not fading Hopkins at all. Roll with Hopkins this week with Confidence. All right, boy, let's jump in. So every week, me and Buck diving into the expert consensus rankings, and we take a look at the top 12 quarterbacks and tight ends, the top 24 wide receivers and running backs, and we find guys that are inside those ranges that we want to fade and guys outside those ranges that we want you to start. And at the end of this podcast, I actually did some research, did a deep dive on some QBs and tight ends, and I'm going to ask Buck to finally nail it down for me. I got two options for deep league starts for QB and tight end, and Buck's going to give us his, you know, Thoughts on those guys. But before I do, Buck, let's start it off. Listen, we do top 12 QBs. Which QB are you fading this week that's ranked in the top 12 according expert consensus rankings?
2: I feel like you and I, it's just deja vu all over again. A couple of weeks ago, you went with Lamar Jackson. I'm going to do the same here. I'm going with Lamar currently at six on the ECR. problem is, I know he's going to play, but how healthy is he? Hasn't practiced this week. I'm monitoring that as it goes. It's a lot of hush-hush surrounding that. I know he'll play, but is he going to be the effective Lamar Jackson who's able to run the football 15 times, feel good about it? I'm not sure. So Not that he's run at 15, but let's say 10. Is he going to be run at 10 times, Bob? I'm not too sure about that if he's banged up a little bit. The other concern is Denver. Now, Denver hasn't played anyone, so you can sit back and you can say, guess what? Anyone can play good defense against those guys. Denver's just looking good. Denver is just looking inc- incredibly solid. The other concern I have is that Lamar has not been the most effective passer. And I think this secondary for Denver might be one of the top secondaries in the league. We'll see how that plays out as they face stiffer competition. But really, when you're playing the best defense through three weeks in the NFL, it's we're not talking college football. This isn't Michigan playing Rutgers. This is two of the best teams in the world. It's just they're different trajectories, and everybody can play in the league. So I'm not. I'm gonna fade Lamar only because I do like the other eleven quarterbacks within that top twelve.
1: Yeah, you know I. I, You know how I feel about Lamar too, and this is a really tough matchup. And I think this is going to be that benchmark week. The the Broncos have not faced that team yet, but I like that call. As well, but my guy is actually someone that has been pretty good, and he's probably gonna, you know, this is gonna nip me in the butt. But this is a historical view on this, and it's Russell Wilson. So, Russell Wilson in the last three seasons versus San Francisco on the road has not topped 23 points and six points per passing touchdown leagues. Now, in this new age of fantasy football, like a 20 18 to 23 points is not gonna help you finish in the top 12. We're seeing a lot of guys now in the high 20s, even on a points per game basis. And San Francisco, I know is extremely banged up, but these division games in the AFC, uh, the NFC West are always tough defensively. They play each other very well. And when you look at the numbers, here's the numbers for, for Russell Wilson versus the San Francisco 49ers the last few seasons. He was finished as the QB 16 on the road in 2020 at 22 points per game. 2019, the QB 14. So back-to-back seasons on the road in San Francisco outside that top 12. In 2018, he actually did have a top five week, which is great, but he only had 23 points. And I think in a six-point passing touchdown league, I think his ceiling's capped. I think he's going to be a low-end QB one this week. And that's why I think I'm taking him as my QB fade heading into week four. Now, because we brought up our fades, Buck, and we're men of the people, we want to bring up guys that we're buying. So who are two potential players or one potential player for you outside the top 12 currently that you're willing to buy in week four at the QB position?
2: I've got to just ask it. Are we all blind? Are we stuck to names here? Because Derek Carr is out there putting up numbers, Bob, pure numbers. And it's every week. And the reason is that offense, they're not going to strike lightning twice with Peyton Barber going for over a buck and change. That's not going to happen twice. This happens with Peyton Barber every single season. They're going to have to rely on that passing game yet again. Darren Waller absolute animal the emergence of Henry Ruggs is a player that I'm really keen on this week by the way he's not one of my guys for this week but I really want to see what they can do they can make lightning strike for the fourth time in a row I am doing this simply because I got to tip the old cap to Derek Carr and what he's done and I think I think he can make a little bit of magic there against that that Chargers secondary
1: I Listen, I've been saying this for the longest time. Derek Carr hasn't had good receivers since like 2017. They got rid of Cooper, Crabtree fell off, and they have had no one since. He made Darren Waller, a street tight end, into an all-pro. So I think Derek Carr has now got weapons. I I agree 1,000%. And this is brings me right to my position. It's Sam Darnold. He is not on the Jets anymore, people. He's not on the Jets. And he has just been lighting things up rock-solid. Consistent. He's got DJ Moore. He's got Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson hasn't even made an, a real impact except for one catch through three weeks. And he's got Terrace Marshall, and he's doing big things with CMC now. Hurt. I think that means they're going to lean a little more on the pass. And this week they're going to play the Dallas Cowboys. The one thing I will say about Sam Darnold through three weeks, he is the QB twelve and six points for passing touchdown leagues. So I think it's just more of the fact that people are like, "Well, it's Sam Darnold." We don't really know, but this season so far, he's a QB one. On top of that, he also has three rushing touchdowns. Now, I know that's not sustainable, but at the same time, that's a nice little feature to his game that he's actually showing this season. Three rushing touchdowns is a nice – that helps his floor every single week if he's willing to run in the red zone and get touchdowns. But his opponents have been holding him back. And hear me out on this. Why? So, on average, the Jets, 14 points on offense in Week 1. The Saints, 7 points in Week 2. The Texans, 9 points in Week 3. There hasn't been a single matchup yet that has pushed – this uh, Carolina Panthers offense to have to throw more. And that's why I think this week against Dallas, by the way, who's got Dak Prescott and company, are going to actually challenge that Carolina Panthers defense for the first time all season, which is going to force Sam Darnold to have to throw more. So I looked at this, and I wanted to see dropbacks. So I do analysis every week based on dropbacks, what they've seen so far this season versus the defenses and the new defense they're facing this week. They finished 10th in my metric, meaning they're going to see a big boost This week in their matchup, because the Dallas Cowboys see a lot more pass volume on defense than the three previous opponents, which I like for his upside. And that gave him the fifth best differential on the week. So I think for me, he's going to get the pass volume. He's got the weapons, and this could be a nice little shootout this week. So that's why Sam Darnold is my guy this week as the QB to buy. Go ahead, Bob.
2: Question for you here. So do you think Bob Anderson takes that step here with McCaffrey out for this week?
1: Uh, well, I think the problem is DJ Morris cemented himself as the true alpha. It's not a 50-50 split. And I think this is the week now because of the pass volume that Robbie Anderson can now flirt with flex value. The problem is they haven't really had to throw that much to win these football games. I mean, 14, 7, 9. That's how many points the offense is getting against them. This could be the week where you see all the tides rise. So I think that is a good point. I think that's why Robbie Anderson could be on the flex radar this week. All right, Buck, listen, that's our QBs for this segment. Now let's get to the the, the hotter takes, the running backs. There's a top 24 running back, according to the experts, that you don't think should be a top 24 running back this week is. And who is that running back? Tell us who's your guy.
2: Antonio Gibson. And Antonio Gibson's in the top 10. I understand it, Bob. I hear you. Here's my concern. He's only got a 59% of the snap share with J.D. McKissick. 59 Most running backs are averaging around 67. So we're talking about an 8% gap between those two. I'm sorry, but he's struggling to get involved in the passing game. This is a guy who kind of built his reputation last year as somebody that felt strong and confident as a pass catcher. As we've seen now through two and a half weeks of Tyler Heineke under center, he's not getting that action. He's just not getting looked at. Heineke, believe it or not, is a gunslinger doesn't feel comfortable slinging it to Antonio Gibson. It's not built in the offense at this point. And Antonio Gibson has not been in the top 24 for two out of three weeks. He was 11th last week. And that was off of a 73 yard touchdown reception, pretty much in garbage time early. I mean, early garbage time against the bills that you're going to be hearing that a lot, folks, the big dog right there, Justin Zimmer. But I, I'm, I just got to say, if you're, If you're doing that and you're only getting your points off of one play, we saw it with Melvin Gordon in week one. It was very similar last week. I'm not letting that stat take me away from my belief that JD McKissick is, it's almost a 50, only 50, almost a 50, 50 split at this juncture. And I really, I think they're so much more comfortable tossing it to McKissick when they were very comfortable last season, throwing it there as well. We're starting to see that trend emerge now through the last three games
1: okay yeah I think the Atlanta Falcons matchup though is pretty good so I, I would I would hesitate a little bit but listen you we've been pretty spot on. we might not be the best with our starts but we've been spot on with our fades so far so I listen to your Buck he's definitely someone that I'll be monitoring in my lineups this week that brings me to my guy and and listen it's actually two guys to be honest with you it's the Denver it's the Denver Broncos running backs they're both ranked inside the top 24 which first that took me back I was like that's interesting uh you know they're splitting work and they're now going up against the Ravens And when you dive into the Ravens, they have been very bad against running backs. But when you look at the actual numbers, they have yet to allow a running back to top 50 yards. It's all driven by touchdowns and receptions. And listen, if your running back situation, you're not conducive for a lot of high volume running back receptions and or touchdowns. That's going to be a recipe for disaster. So the Ravens this season, like I just brought up, in my adjusted line yards metric that I do every week, this matchup is 30th. So Devers' 30th. They're the third worst matchup on the week against that Ravens ground game. And this season, so if, they, if it has to be through the air, this is what's important. Javante Williams, six targets. Melvin Gordon, seven targets through three weeks. They're, neither of these, these guys are getting too much in the passing game. Two to three targets a game. That, to me, tells me that they're if they're not going to get it done on the ground, you're banking on a touchdown. And the fact that both these guys are in the top 24, that makes me a complete fade for these running backs. Even if they score a touchdown, I can have a feeling this could be a, you know, 12. Uh, they're not even, even 12 for 40 in a touchdown, maybe a reception. You're looking at maybe at best a low-end RB2 with a touchdown. That's why I'm fading both these guys because I don't like to chase touchdown to get high a low-end RB2 upside. So that's why I'm fading both these running backs against the Ravens this week. So a two-for-one. So the fact that we gave three guys the fade, Buck. Now it's time to help the people out. If they have these guys in their lineups now and they're listening to us and they say, all right, who can we replace these running backs with? Give us a guy going outside the top 24 according to expert consensus rankings that you were buying for this week as a top 24 running back.
2: So this is a flex play here that I think could land himself within the top 24. It's Naheem Hines. And now Naheem Hines is never going to jump off, but in a PPR format, this is a player I would flex in all day. So these are the numbers here for the Miami defense against a running back in the past game week one against new England, nine catches for over 60, 68 yards. I'll take nine catches for Naheem Hines. I'll take seven. Hell I'll take six bills who don't throw to running backs four for 20, whatever. I'll, I'll hit the mean there. And then Oakland who also does not throw to running backs that you have Kenyon Drake in your roster. Why aren't you getting Kenny and Drake the ball six for over 65 yards, Bob? So here's the deal Miami, they do a few things really well defensively. They shut down wide receivers. Indianapolis is going to be playing from behind in this game. I look for Miami to actually have a very strong game this week. I actually think Jacoby Brissett might even pull off a W against this hapless Colts team. Now, why do I say start Naheem Hines? They're playing from behind, it's game script lockdown corners, I look for Naheem Hines to rack up six receptions plus. And when you're doing that in a PPR format, you get up to 15 points, you're talking about a top 24 player.
1: I like it. I like it. And this kind of brings me to my situation. And, and listen, the other thing, Marlon Mack's no longer playing. So we. the other thing I talked about my player trends, he actually got six carries again this week. He only had one when they tried to move in Marlon Mack. That's good news for Hines. If he's getting these 68 carries and getting you that – five to seven targets that's that's usable especially in ppr now let's jump down to my guy and it's someone that i actually really was high on early on in the process and then i started hearing a lot of bad things and it's zach moss and the last two weeks have been really encouraging uh for zach moss but let's talk about the matchup first according to my adjusted line yards metric he's number four this week in his matchup so i do like that it's one of my things i go to for running backs right off the bat but Let's talk about his usage versus Devin Singletary. So last week, Devin Singletary is thought to be the passing down running back. Instead, Zach Moss and Devin Singletary split routes 21 to 21. That is huge for Zach Moss because he is the clear red zone guy. Last week, he had six red zone touches to only three for Devin Singletary in the red zone. So now he's starting to pace them in the red zone touches. He's finding the end zone in back-to-back weeks. And now he's also running a decent amount of routes. He got 16 touches last week to only 12 for Devin Singletary, which is good. I mean, he's the guy. He's now the lead guy. But the key here, 91 total yards versus 26 for Devin Singletary. So right there, this guy is proving to be a rock-solid player. He's showing why the Bills are trying to basically force him to be the guy. They want him to be the guy, and he's now performing. Plus, everything with the Bills, with Diggs and, and Sanders doing well and Beasley, And Knox actually coming out of the woodworks to play well. And Gabriel Davis, they can't ever focus on the run. So I think that Zach Moss has a big week this week, and that's why he's inside my top 24.
2: Here's my concern there, and and it's not for this week. This week I like to play. But when I'm looking at a season long here, Bob, this is Devin Singletary's trajectory since week one. Straight down, right? And then here's Zach Moss. It's literally a perfect X of up and down trajectories. It's just a perfect X. So my question is, is it a roller coaster? Is it like a piece of DNA where it just goes back, forth, up and down, swirling around? I don't know what to call it. But with the week that Moss had last week and the fact that Singletary, it has dwindled with his touches from week one, steadily down through week three, and it's gone on the upwards for Zach Moss. I think this is the week to hit a high for Zach Moss, but it can change on a dime. They're a hot hand offense. So if Zach Moss doesn't fumble the football, it's been a problem, then I think the Bills might have a good player here for week four. In a game though, in a game like this, I trust Zach Moss completely. I think that game script sets up perfectly for him. Down the stretch, they'll both get their touches. Moss has simply been more effective for the last two weeks.
1: I got you, man. All right, so let's let's jump over to the wide receivers, and let's talk a little bit about a top 24 wide receiver according to expert consensus rankings that you're fading for this week. Uh, give us your guy, Buck, that's inside the top 24.
2: This is a fellow that is really impressed over the first three weeks of the season. It's Brandon Cooks of the Houston Texans here. So he was the Houston Texans offense last week. Who else do they have, Bob? Can you tell me? Who else plays offense for the Houston Texans except Davis, the Thrills, Mills,
1: Brandon Cooks?
2: <laughs> Brandon Cooks, <laughs> that's exactly.
1: That's
2: <laughs> so, who do the Bills have at cornerback? It's it's a little guy called Trey White who's going to be an absolute thorn in Brandon Cooks' side, and they will be they will be having double coverage on him. Their goal for this week is neutralize Brandon Cooks. I don't see a world where he puts up numbers like he put up last week against this Bills secondary and the targets with mills. They are preposterous through two weeks, 14 and 11. Wow. Well, guess what? Keep targeting him. Throw some picks Davis. I don't see it happening again this week when you don't have the weapons to neutralize the threat from a defensive perspective. I don't see it really happening. Bill's defense is playing far too well through the first three weeks just not going to happen this week for Brandon, even though rest of the year, super high on him.
1: Yeah, we don't have shadow coverage data just yet. PFF releases their chart after week four, but one of the players that does show he moves around a lot is as Tredavious White. So that could be a thing. And it makes sense. I mean, Cooks is their only guy right now. Chris Connolly and Anthony Miller are not scaring anybody, but we'll see. I think that is a good call for this segment. Now, my guy, I'm gonna jump down. I'm gonna pick on again. And I picked on him last week and I'm doing it again. And it's Cortland Sutton. And last week it worked out great. The Jets defense, for what it's worth, I can't explain why. It doesn't, there's no math behind it. There's no equation. It's just that they shut down receivers, especially on the outside. Well, this matchup this week against the Ravens, they do the same exact thing. They are a huge slot funnel defense. So they they produce, they actually allow a decent amount of points on the inside versus the outside, which is interesting because they have Marlon Humphrey. Um, but at the same time, that's just what the data is telling me over the last couple of weeks. They are even better than the Jets. So this is not a good matchup for Cortland Sutton again this week. Tim Patrick, for what it's worth, he has really shown that he can be a viable 1B to Cortland's 1A. Cortland Sutton had that one monster week two weeks ago. But I don't, I mean, since then, it hasn't been something you want to chase. And, you know, when I look at the data itself, Outside wide receivers, overall, the defense, who allows the least amount of points? It's the Ravens. The Ravens allowed the least, the least amount of fantasy points to outside wide receivers so far this season. Um, and, you know, be, the team he blew up against was the Jaguars. So I just feel like the one game that he goes off is against a defense that, yes, tonight so far it's been fine, but has allowed Brandon Cooks to go off. I mean, you know, the when the Texans dominate you, it's just, I think that's chasing an opponent that you don't want to chase. I want to see him do it again, and once again, he's ranked right in the top 24 again, so I don't know why that's the case. I am fading him completely. I want to see him do it against a quality opponent. It could happen this week, but that's why he's my fade. Now, but before we dive into our buys, there was a couple comments that we have in here, Now let's do one of these real quick. Uh, We have a question about Matthew Stafford versus Dak Prescott. This comes from Casey. Thanks, Casey, for joining the episode. We really appreciate you jumping on. What's your thoughts? Is it Dak or is it Matthew Stafford this week?
2: I think I like game script better for Dak. I'm going to go Dak here.
1: Okay, there you go. All right, let's jump in. So now we're still on wide receivers, Buck. We talked about the guys we're fading. There's a couple guys outside that top 24 that now we feel could be a legit wide receiver two or maybe even wide receiver one. Who's your wide receiver that you're buying that's outside the top 24 this week?
2: Same matchup as Brandon Cooks for a completely different reason. It's Cole Beasley. And I'm, t- I'm taking last week's numbers completely out of the equation here. The Bills have three running backs. They don't have two. They got Zach Moss. They got Devin Singletary. And they have Cole Beasley. So even if this game gets out of line completely, Cole Beasley is still going to be catching the ball three yards downfield, going for 10. Three yards downfield, going for six four yards downfield going for eight. But if he does that enough, what you have there in a PPR format is an absolute monster. So I would not be shocked with another seven plus catch game here for Cole Beasley. I think the game script matches up perfectly for him this week. I'm, I'm not so high on digs this week or Sanders because I think they will control the game starting with the third quarter. And that's where Cole Beasley does his best work. He's just going to, clean it up in, in that, in that grind-out mode, and Cole Beasley serves. He's their third running back. What do you think about that?
1: <laughs> he is, man. He, last week, 13 targets, dude. He is something else, man, and he's a PPR dynamo, absolutely. My guy is actually someone who's in a matchup that I just have a deep feeling. It's that Patriots-Bucks game, and my guy is Jacoby Myers. I think that Tom Brady is going to come out and try to do everything he can to shove it right down Bill Belichick's throat. And I think the Bucks are gonna try are gonna put up points. The Patriots have not faced any legit offenses so far this season. They don't have Stefan Gilmore. And I think that this is the week that Tom Brady tries to put up points. And that means that Mac Jones and company are gonna have to put up points too. Jacoby Myers is the alpha in this offense. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, let's talk about the matchup first. The Buccaneers lead the NFL in points allowed, two wide receivers. Last week, Cooper Cup, 9-for-96-2 out of the slot. That's where Jacoby Myers makes his living, in the middle of the field. Myers is also the alpha of this offense, leads the team in targets with 29. The next guy is 16. Receptions, 19 for Myers, 12 for the next guy. Yards, 176-123. to This guy is ready to break out. The only problem with Jacoby Myers is he doesn't score touchdowns. And Sky brings this up all the time. The man has yet to score a touchdown in his career. Crazy. In his career. Crazy, and the thing is, Bob. it's not because of Yusha's, Buck. It's because he actually is tied for the team league in red zone targets. That the it's going to break, it's going to break for Jacoby Myers. He's actually outside the top 30 for receivers. I'm all in on Jacoby this week. I'm trying to throw in my DFS lineups. I think the bucks are going to put up points. I think that's going to force them to throw. And I think you're going to see Jacoby Myers have a big time breakout this week. I wish
2: we could play when the levy breaks by Led Zeppelin right now, but they would sue the hell out of us. Jimmy page. Mm. Okay. Such a stickler.
1: I know, right? Classic. Always say we call it, we tried it three or four times already. Just he just always gets us anyway.
2: It's always of- <laughs> Jimmy Page blowing me up, man. I know. Take nuts. it down.
1: I mean, listen, come on, man. We're just trying to have fun in here. We're tired. It's been a long week of work. And we just really to some tunes while we're playing doing our episode. All right. Before we jump into tight ends, Buck, and before we do, I want to just shout out one of our sponsors. It's Jersey Jungle. Jersey Jungle, guys, listen, if you don't know anything about Jersey Jungle, they are out of Instagram. And Jersey Jungle, you can go right online. You can DM them at the Jersey Jungle to order a custom jersey, Stitch and Twill. Sky just got me one sent to my house, Kenny G. Amazing jersey. I got to show you guys at some point, do like a little wear reveal or whatever. But right now, today, if you use that promo code TCK, you get 10% off one jersey, two jerseys, and 15% off three jerseys. Even if you're not interested in a jersey right now, I suggest you go on Instagram, follow the Jersey Jungle. And also, just watch their stories because they're constantly showing you all the updated jerseys they have. It is a great, great way. They're actually also half the price of the jerseys you'll find on NFL.com. So, Buck, this is always a topic of the week. Which jersey, any team, any league, any sport, what's one jersey that you're interested in getting?
2: Oh, you know what, Bob? I should have been prepared here. I'm going to go with Kyle Juszczyk. Oh, Okay. Give right. him the most versatile fullback in the league some love.
1: Nice. And the thing is, I think he's like the best running back overall right now on that team. He, he just looks <laughs> he sharp. Be... It's nuts. PPR. I mean, he could be a deep name to monitor as well. All right, but let's get into our tight ends now. And we've gone through the rest of them. The top 12 tight ends. We've looked at the expert consensus ranking. We found a couple top 12 tight ends we want to fade this week for week four. Who's your top 12 tight end that you're fading for week four?
2: So I'm fading Jared Cook here this week, averaging uh, just over five targets a game at 5.1, has not found the end zone. And the declining target rate from week one through week two and week three has been very steady. And the other thing about it here, Bob, is I think that when you look at the red zone target statistic, that's what it is for me. Kenan Allen and Mike Williams both have five, Jared Cook with three. And his only reception was for a whopping negative three yards of those three targets. The fact is they have better options to go to on the outside. That's where Herbert tends to look. We don't need, you know, we don't need an encyclopedia to spell it out for us. We saw what happened throughout the season last year. Herbert prefers his wide receivers. Jared Cook is my fade this week, Bob.
1: You know, that's a good call, too, man. I I, I do think that that's something to monitor because Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are just straight up dominating right now. So it's tough, to, it's tough to pass the ball around to other guys when you have two elite receivers. Let's jump down to my guy, and to be honest with you, it's more – it's just – it's Robert Tanyan. And big Bob Tanyan, you know, he catches touchdowns, and that's what Bob Tanyan does. You know, chops trees, catches touchdowns, and no. that's it. My problem is he hasn't been catching as many touchdowns this season already. And his floor is like zero. Like it's like one catch for five yards type floor. This week he's going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And when you look at the Steelers, they've allowed some production to the tight end this season. I understand that. But when they have a guy like Darren Waller and they hold him to five for 65, Darren Waller is a guy who can go for 10 and over 100. And he did that against the Ravens. Then he plays the Steelers. Five for 65 is a pretty modest day for a guy like Darren Waller. And, you know, when you're seeing Aaron Rodgers, they're using Aaron Jones. Also, Randall Cobb is starting to get a little more usage uh, his sense of routes. And I just think for me, I don't want to target the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, especially against the tight end this season. And I think Robert Toney, to me, I just, I don't care for the floor when the ceiling, like we brought this up a bunch of times, like he's right now this season, he hasn't been a five for 50 guy. He's like a two or three receptions for 20, maybe 30 yards and a touchdown guy. That even if he gets you the touchdown, he's not going to win you your week. He's going to just keep you afloat. That's how I feel about it. I'd rather go after a guy, maybe someone getting five receptions, seven targets, 50, 60-yard range, because when they score a touchdown, they can give you and be a difference maker. So that's my thoughts on Robert Tanya. But the problem is, Buck, I'm stuck. When you got these top 12 guys, it's hard to find someone to replace them. That's why I do this show with you, and I need a guy outside the top 12, according to Expert Consensus Rankings, that you're buying for this week. So who's the guy outside the top 12 that you're willing to call a top 12 tight end this week?
2: God, it's it, every week I get depressed when I have to do this portion of this segment. Um, it's it's terrible looking at the remaining options after 13. In fact, you could say that from three down, it's depressing. So I'm going to go with Mike Gusecki here. And the only reason is last week he seemed to click with Jacoby Brissett on a different level than the other pass catchers there. Indianapolis has been decent shutting down tight ends. However, it seems that Brissett, he's very comfortable throwing to a tight end. And it seems like instead of throwing things away, he always looks to force something. I'm going to go Gasecki just based purely off the relationship that it looks like he's starting to build there with Jacoby Brissett under center, something that he didn't necessarily have during that first game with Tua, but I—I I will say I don't feel great about it, Bob. I'm throwing darts and I'm a terrible dart player. Let's see how it shakes out. I hit well, Buck, bullseye sometimes.
1: I was gonna say you're a bullseye in my heart, Buck. That's how good you're doing, really. I, I gotta tell you. So I'm all. I was in gonna say,
2: it. by the way, Bob, I need you to do that jersey show-off thing. I need you to walk the runway out there.
1: Oh, okay. You want me to get my Kenny Kenny G, Kenny G, (laughs) do a little song. Maybe we'll get a Kenny G song. We have to hit him up first. Make sure we get uh, the the approval for that. Before I jump into my tight end guy, um, I know you were high on this guy. Let's this is a listener question coming from uh, Mongol, Mongoli,
2: Mongoli, Mowgli, 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 you didn't do the jungle book pop. (laughs)
1: Oh, by the Jungle Book, yeah. That's yeah. No, I did not. I'm sorry, man. I will. I'll get on it as a takeaway. Thoughts on Kyle Pitts? I know you're really high on Kyle Pitts this offseason. It seems like the offense is Calvin Ridley and Pitts, in my opinion. Uh, But what's your thoughts about that pass game in Pitts?
2: So targets have been there. Pitts is sixth in the league in targets for tight ends. So it's not like he's not playing in a situation where they're trying to not get in the football. It's simply that Matt Ryan is terrible, and also their game planning is terrible. Here's the deal. You got a Rolls Royce. Let it spin on the freeway. I'm still high on Pitts. If you have him, look at your other options. I mean, at least Pitts is racking in the targets. I think he's at 16 for the year. So he's still looking, or he's at higher than 16. I want to say 22. I don't have the number, Bob. I don't have pulled up. What is it? Uh,
1: I don't either, but I got you. I got everything. <laughs> I got everything else pulled up for you. so I, can I know. <laughs> you. <laughs> you got like eight screens over there. I do. Um, yeah, so tight ends. Let's see, and that's fine. We're we're running pretty quick today. So we got a little time. Yeah. Kyle Pitts is the tight end 15 and a half point PPR.
2: No, but I'm talking about targets here. Oh, I know he's not my producing. Bad.
1: My my bad. All right. So bad. yeah,
2: he's at 17. Number 17 nine. Number
1: nine is. in targets for tight ends. Tied I actually tied at for i I'm sorry, tied at seventh. I'm par- okay. my apologies. Tied for seventh with Mark Andrews and Noah Fant. Okay. All right. So let's talk. So there's one of the things I'm going to be doing this offseason is I wanted to look at the tight end position and versus expectation. One of the positions in the NFL that not every team has a tight end. So when you look at a points allowed, it's very skewed because you can play a couple teams that don't have a tight end in the offense and it really skews their numbers. So I wanted to look at expectation versus expectation. And one of the teams that popped out right away is the Minnesota Vikings. Teams against the Minnesota Vikings are absolutely dominating them with tight ends this season. And that brings me to my guy, and that is Austin Hooper. I talked about on my Player Trends episode. Austin Hooper did not show up last week. He actually ran didn't run as many routes as I would like to see. But overall, the Browns didn't need to do much through the air in that matchup. And they used Kareem Hunt just to completely dominate and Nick Chubb. So the one thing I will say about this, though, is Max Williams... Max Williams had a career-high 7 for 94 against the Vikings. The next week, Gerald Everett, 5 for 54. I just talked about this on my uh, just a couple minutes ago. I said, I want to find a tight end that can get me 5 for 50. And then, you know, because if they score a touchdown, now you have a difference maker on that week. And if they don't, they're still going to be producing low-end tight end, borderline tight end one numbers. That's what Austin Hooper can do. He did it a couple weeks ago. Last week, he kind of had a dud. But this week against Minnesota, with those two guys performing against Minnesota – If you look at the other games for Max Williams' box scores and Gerald Everett, they are not close. It's the Minnesota matchup where it really got exploited. And these are not just, you know, it's not like they face Darren Waller and and Travis Kelsey. They are the worst against tight ends facing average tight ends. So I think Austin Hooper this week is someone that I'm buying heading into this week.
2: All right, that's Buck, that's great insight. That yeah. is great insight. I just learned it, and I'm glad I have him starting in two, two different rosters.
1: Yeah, yeah, let's hope it works out. <laughs> so, all right, Buck, listen. So we'll what, I'll what talk to the-
2: you next week, Bob, yeah, if it doesn't.
1: Well, I know, I'm in trouble. I can't get away I from I might it, get so a flight
2: pretty- out to Cali, bud.
1: Oh, that's, well, that'd be fun. Now we're talking. <laughs> I, might be just, I might be wrong on purpose if that's the case. Uh, all right, so listen. Uh, we What we wanted to do, though, is we picked a couple of our streamers. Uh, we picked up a couple of our streamers for the quarterback and tight end position, but we want to take a little bit of a deeper dive. So this is a kind of our deep dive. And I actually want, you know, I'm going to make this a segment, uh, you know, brought to you by bomb banana, hot sauce. This is our hot take segment for deep quarterback and tight end segment for this week. And that's brought to you by our sponsor, bomb banana, hot sauce. If you haven't been to SeekTheSpice.com, I'm disappointing you go out, check it out. They have some great flavors, the movie, movie, the original, I actually bought a bottle myself. I absolutely loved it. And I'm not even a hot sauce guy. So if you guys use the promo code TCK at SeekTheSpice.com, you get 10% off. So Buck, I need you to help me out. I got to tell
2: you something about Bomb Banana. Go ahead. They use the banana for the sugars. It doesn't taste like bananas. I actually got myself a bottle. I've been a Cholula guy my whole life. I put it on my turkey tacos, my staple for Tuesday nights. It was unbelievable. Nice. I'm a changed man now i getting those natural sugars instead of processed sugars within my hot sauce. That's what I'm talking about. little bit of tinge of some sweet, and then it hits you with the heat on the turkey tacos.
1: I have to ask, did you use the promo code TCK? I did nice that a boy that's what i like to hear all right all right so listen that's insider trading (laughs) (laughs) oh please my mom the only ones we get are like my mom and my friends so we're all good at this i
2: just wanted to make it clear Uh, it's hot sauce and it's good
1: it's good no i'm I'm, listen i did it live on air i did a live taste test a couple a couple months ago it is very good and i'm not even a big hot sauce guy i like it too all right, so we're going to talk first about QB streamers. I went into um, Yahoo, ESPN. I tried to find guys that are like twenty percent or less owned, that are p- possible streamers. And the guys, the matchup we have this week, two guys that I found that I kind of liked were Mac Jones and Taylor Heineke. Mac Jones going up against Tampa Bay, of course. Tom Brady coming home could be a shootout or forced to at least throw with the Bucks. Taylor Heineke gets the hapless Atlanta Falcons defense. So l- tell me, Buck, what are you feeling? Who's your deep dive? hot take quarterback of the week, Mac Jones or Taylor Heineke.
2: As good as it looks for game flow and for that Buccaneers secondary matchup for Mac Jones, I'm going with Tyler Heineke. Atlanta has been absolutely shredded this year, and he's looked damn good doing it. I understand there's been some interceptions thrown in the mix there, believe same amount as Mac Jones on the season, but Tyler Heineke's getting more yards. He's got more explosive threats. He's factoring in J.D. McKissick. I'm going to go with Tyler Heineke in a game that I think they win against Atlanta. And I just like, I like the guy's vibe. He doesn't play like a second year player. He didn't play like a first year player when he had to start a playoff game against the Buccaneers. This is a guy, he's a gamer and he's a gunslinger. I don't see the gunslinger mentality out of Mac Jones or the approach on offense. Despite game flow, game flow for Mac Jones. I will opt for the Heineken here. Even though I can't stand the beer, I'll take the quarterback.
1: Well, Heineke's been around for four years, uh, but the well, other thing, but he hasn't played. You're yeah. right. Yeah, I get what you're saying. But he also he has been with the Ron Rivera, uh, the Scott Turner scheme since his days at Carolina. They actually brought him over from Carolina to actually start in Houston. So that is something I think notable for him. I like it. Um, and this is too, we're talking about deep names. If you if you need a deep, uh, if you have a guy that you want to fade this week, or if you have been streaming quarterbacks I think Taylor Heineke is definitely, he's mobile too, and I love his mentality. I do agree with you, Buck, on this one. All right, let's jump over to the tight ends. And one of these guys we brought up a little bit earlier is Max Williams. Double X, not triple X, keeping it PG for the kids. And then the other guy is Pat Firemuth. Now, Max Williams gets a decent matchup against the Rams. We already know the Rams are very good against receivers um, overall, and they've been a little bit uh, susceptible to the tight end because of that. And the other guy is Pat Firemuth. Uh, The Green Bay Packers, in my metric, are number two. So the Vikings are the worst against, uh, they're actually the best matchup. Number two is the Green Bay Packers. And uh, that's why I put Firemuth in here. Even though Ebron in my player trend section did outpace him in routes, Firemuth just looks like the best player. He's actually produced a lot more. So who's your thoughts? Max Williams this week or Pat Firemuth as your deep dive hot take tight end?
2: I'm going with Patty Fryermuth. This is a fella, a rookie out there. Is going against, like you said, a Green Bay Bay linebacker safety core that is not having a great time against the tight ends. And as much as you want to say player trend-wise with those routes, Eric Ebron, you have 10 to 7 targets between Friermuth over Eric Ebron. So, Deontay and Juju, both banged up. Big Ben having a hard time throwing the football 12 yards right now. I will take a safety valve Friermuth all day. He's also tied with Deontay Johnson with the most red zone targets for the Steelers on the season so far. So it's clear that he's a target there. And I think this could be the week where he punches one in. I'm going Patty Fryer Muth.
1: I like it. And listen, Max Williams, I will say this. Last week was not a decent call. We had him as a deep name to to play against the Jaguars. And the Jags are not at they, – they were a decent matchup, so he should have played better. But, listen, it wasn't like Kyler Murray lit it up last week through the air. He got it done through the ground in the end. Uh, so that's something to note, too. But both these guys, potential deep names, if you have been struggling at tight end, these are names that you can monitor. Pat move is Buck's choice. All right, Buck, that's what we have today. Listen, man, we and you, 45 minutes. We've been crushing it the last two weeks. We're really getting at Thursday Night Preview, throwing that out last night. For us, I think that really opened the doors for us to really dive in. Do you have any final thoughts? Names that maybe we didn't talk about? Or just you want to just say something in general to the people? Let us know what you got.
2: Uh, In general, I want to go general here, Bob. Okay.
1: General for 200?
2: Yeah, general. I'm going to go general, Alex. RIP. If you want to be disturbed to the point where you have nightmares for consecutive nights, I recommend that you binge Squid Game on netflix bob have you watched squid game it is quite frankly the most terrifying cruel twisted violent thing i've ever watched it's on netflix out there for the people it's a korean show uh do not watch the english dub version i'm a big subtitles guy Uh, so i watched it in korean with the subtitles squid game bob has terrified me To the greatest extent of anything I've ever watched, I finished it before we started recording here this evening, and I have to say, satisfying ending. Uh, If you want cruelty in the highest regard, or lowest, depending on how you look at that, violence to the absolute maximum, and just a great storytelling experience in just the weirdest environment you've ever seen. Check out Squid Game. I was very hesitant. It took like six people to recommend it to me for me to dive in, mm. and uh, I'm hoping that I can sleep tonight because the last two nights they've been hellish. Factoring into my fatigue, but Squid Game, get on it.
1: All right, yeah. So you said it's in subtitles and that it's not technical. Okay, yeah. I don't. I can't get on with that stuff. I don't like mm. when the name the mouth doesn't match up. It throws me off. I've never been. It doesn't matter what language. It just. I can't. I'm, I'm out. I appreciate your being put though. And I'm not a big scary person guy. I don't
2: it sounds really I haven't. scary the way you I, think. Okay. It's just yeah. Cruel it's like. Cool and disturbing. violent. Scary. Yeah. Yes. I like disturbing. that. Okay, I'm
1: cool. Yeah. I'm down with that stuff. I'm cool. I'm a psycho. I actually get enough disturbing every Sunday when my takes go down the drain. So uh, yes. I get enough. That's, that's the scariest show I, I can <laughs> watch every Sunday. That is the Squid Game. That is the Squid Game. You know, I'm just <laughs> in it right now. So I don't need to watch a yeah. TV show. Um, But yeah, overall, listen, I think another thing too I want to talk about is. Our Sunday live Start Sits show. And every single week, me, Buck, uh, the whole team, Ryan, uh, Levy, I I say Ryan. I've known the guy for 20 years. I call him Ryan. And Sky, listen, we jump on there with Jordan coming in at 9. We do this for three hours straight doing your Start Sits constantly. Keep in mind, guys, listen, we get hundreds and hundreds of questions every single week. We try to get to every single one, but we don't have the time or the ability to get to everyone. So we want to make sure we're offering you different avenues to get your questions answered. We have the super chat function. If you guys want to use that, we would always appreciate any donation, a dollar or $2 goes a long way for us to continue to make the product for you to get. See these videos, see us online. You know, we're trying to make this a living in some cases. So if you guys can donate, we can get to your questions right away. We also have now set up a Venmo account. So if you guys want to go to TCKpod on Venmo, you can just send your question right on there. Submit a dollar, whatever you can donate. That will get your question answered right away because we know you get lost in the shuffle. But key here, guys, listen, we're about 15, 20, 30 minutes in some cases behind. And if that's the case, just stay and watch. You don't have to pay. You can just hang out. Watch our start sits. We break down analysis, too. We talk about inactives, key takeaways from the inactives at 8:30 a.m. We talk about just general stats and things, why we take the takes we have. So if you just enjoy hearing us talk about sports and talking about the start sits, you're more than welcome to. But if you're someone that just wants your answers, we have an avenue for you to do that. So if you want to do that, that'd be great. Make sure you're joining us 10 a.m. to one a.m. Eastern every single Sunday for the Start Sits show. Any other thoughts or comments, Buck, before we get out of here?
2: No, just shout out to my guy Letty and Kenosha. I love you too, pal. All
1: right, listen, guys. Listen, we have a couple questions coming in right now. We will get to all your questions on Sunday. But Buck, before we, I just want to just one. We're going to do one. Close my eyes. I'm going to click one. All right. We got who would you rather have rest of season? Calvin Ridley, Chris Godwin. Pick your guy.
2: Chris Godwin. That quarterback boy. play, game flow. I think the Bucs, their secondary is so bad that they will consistently be in matchups where they have to throw the football, and Brady should be over 30, 35 a game. So I'm going to go with Chris Godwin here. And Chris Godwin has also been the primary target in the red zone, which the Buccaneers are finding a hell of a lot of the time. So, James, I would go with Godwin here. What about you?
1: I Listen, I do, I do actually agree because Godwin in 2020 was my number two wide receiver. Uh, I loved Chris Godwin because of the Bruce Arians slot receiver role. We saw it with, for years, Reggie Wayne had a monster season. Hines Ward had career years in this role. We saw Larry Fitzgerald just completely dominate. And then I'm like, Tom Brady, come in and listen. We've seen what he does with Julian Edelman, Wes Welker. and it just seems like a 2-plus-2. Two two. But then Godwin got banged up last year, and it didn't really come through. And now we're starting to see it. He leads the team in routes, and that's something I like to see, that he's out there the most. And I actually – the offense for Matt Ryan and company disturbs me. And it's not really looking smooth. And I've always said this. It's squid from, game. I'm, honestly, it's squid game down there in Atlantic City. <laughs> you know, Atlanta, Atlantic City. Atlanta. Atlanta. It's a, it's a scary situation. But also, I just like the continuity. I've been a big continuity guy. I like the fact that Bruce Arian's back. Tom Brady's back. And listen, we were all wrong about this just a month ago. We all have taken Ridley. But once you see the games and how things are flowing, I think both guys are great. But I'm taking Chris Godwin. I think that's all we got for today. Listen, Buck, honestly, man, I appreciate you again. another great week. I hope everybody enjoys and is able to join us this Sunday for our Starts It show. Once again, all our shows are brought to you by BetOnline AG and on the Believe Podcast. Now, make sure you're following us across the board on Instagram, at FantasyFootballXFactor, at TCKPod, at FantasyFocus. Make sure you're following us on Twitter, at BobbyLamarco, uh, at SkyGawasco, Bobby at, Sky at BuckThe59, uh, and at FantasyFocus. Make sure you're following us on TikTok. And on YouTube, make sure you write a review, leave a comment. Give us a thumbs up, guys. We really appreciate any feedback you can give us. We're coming at you like five days a week now, folks. So we're here for the people. Once again, I'm Bobby Lamarco. I was brought to you by, oh, you're on this side. Buck, thank you again for joining me. Guys, that's all we got for you today. Hope you guys enjoy the weekend. Peace out.